Happy New Year and welcome to episode 219 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I'm New Year Kevin. <laughs> I'm New Year Kevin. <laughs> and and it, what what makes this model different than last year's Kevin? Uh, this one is without a car. Oh yeah, I saw a picture. Are you okay, by the way? No, I'm. <laughs> I forgot yeah, to ask you about I'm, that. I'm emotionally, good? emotionally, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, emotionally, I'm broken. Oh, but is physically, that, I'm was that due to the car or separate from the car? Uh, <laughs> you're emotionally broken. It didn't help. Oh, okay. Well, I hope I hope your car works out. Um, we're all alive and well. Hope well enough. Hopefully, everyone on the other end of this recording is too. But uh, yeah, this is our first episode of 2020, meaning it's our annual prediction show, if you will, or as we're calling it but this time it the around. Last one. I guess we'll have to tune in to find out. In a year. <laughs> but we're calling this episode our 2020 Visions because, uh, get it. Anyway, so uh, to be fair, prediction's a if bit of a... the banner didn't tip you off. What? If the banner didn't tip oh, you yeah, off. Oh, yeah, that banner. I'm so proud of that banner. If you, if you guys listen on any streaming service, like go to Ramtown.com, just look at the banner and bask in its glory because it's, it's so bad. It's good. I, I love it. Anyway, to be fair, when I say prediction show, um, it's not really predictions. Like, it's a bit of a misnomer. As much as we're going to play Notre Dame, it's probably with some theories about stuff. You know, like maybe Super Nintendo World or the long-rumored Switch Pro. Um, a lot of this is also just the stuff we personally want to see happen. So, like, legal disclaimer here, the closest thing to it. Nothing we're talking about is guaranteed to actually happen. There's no... We, you know, it's just fun to speculate. So, it's like, away we go. We're going to speculate. Oh, and... uh. Of course, we're also going to have what we're playing, which in this case, as somehow is now a tradition, it feels like. First show of the new year, a new Jackbox game to talk about. So, Angel, you, you've you been playing Party Pack 6, right? Um, Mostly, sort of, yeah. Good enough. So, I'm impressed with that later in the show. Um, so, yeah, if uh, if there's anything you want to hear in particular, there's timestamps around Talk.com. There's timestamps under this if you're on YouTube. On YouTube. Uh, you know, navigate around the show to whatever topic you want. But uh, now that all of that is out of the way... Here's my big prediction for Nintendo in 2020. The games aren't going to matter. I mean, I mean, obviously, like, there will be some cool stuff, I'm sure, coming down the pipe. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. But what I mean is the big story of Nintendo in 2020, in my opinion, is not going to be Switch's games. It's not going to be some weird straggler of a 3DS game that somehow comes out in 2020. No, it's going to be what Nintendo's doing with its IPs. It's going to be why Nintendo is finally maybe hopefully making a good mobile game. It's going to be why, like, the Mario movie's coming along, and maybe we'll see other multimedia projects bubble up this year. And most notable, it's going to be the one we all know is actually happening in 2020, Super Nintendo World. I honestly think, like, in my mind, the significance of Super Nintendo World is going to be the big thing for Nintendo this year, because this is the end game for so much of Nintendo's plans to transform from a video game company in the regular sense, to something more akin to Disney, like an IP behemoth. And we've talked in episodes last fall about whether that's a good or bad thing. At this point, it doesn't matter. It's happening. Like this is like the opening of the park is sort of the ta-da moment for Nintendo where they're coming out and hitting the goal that they've been talking about since 2015 with Iwata way back when. So like this is the moment, I feel like. And I don't know like if you guys necessarily agree, but I think like you may think I'm blowing this out of proportion, but there's two. Oh, always. But yeah. Of course, but there's two. There's two preemptive counter. Well, it's not preemptive anymore because you just said it. You said always, but there's two counterpoints I'd like to make. First, there's the scale of the park itself. So, construction's underway at all four parks. We already know that. So it's gonna be L.A., Orlando, Osaka, Shanghai. Uh, Osaka is the one that's opening this summer, and the footprint of the park isn't necessarily the largest from Universal Studios. They're gonna have bigger ones, but um, according to leaks from 
a blog called Orlando Park Stop, which tracks these sorts of things. It's pretty reliable from my understanding about their inside information. Uh, according to their leaks, part of Nintendo World is set to be the most technologically advanced ride that Universal has ever made, and it actually sounds pretty cool. The ride, to be clear, the one I'm talking about is the Mario Kart race. And uh, I don't know if... Are, are ride spoilers a thing? Can you spoil a ride? I think you can. Okay, so I'm going to be careful. You ride, So I'm going to be careful. I won't go into too much detail about the specifics of how it plays out. I'll just talk about the mechanics. Because there's definitely something to be said about going to a ride, you know, not knowing anything whatsoever. Like, if I describe some of the rides in Disney Seas, they would be kind of underwhelming. But right, if but you, you see it. But if you didn't know anything about them whatsoever, even like what the ride's about, you could actually get a good, decent amount of enjoyment out of it. Okay, then fair warning, spoiler alert, I'm not going to go into detail about the locales in the ride, but some of the mechanics, because it just sounds really cool. Um, So right off the bat, one kind of cool thing that I think you're going to like, Angel. Oh boy. The waiting area. Don't spoil it for me. The waiting area. Can I spoil the waiting area? I don't know anymore. Because I'm, I mean, yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about, yeah, you definitely can't spoil a ride because the waiting area has like a bunch of like cool Easter eggs that. Oh, this part one's of, cool. This part of one's the magic is like going there and like, whoa, look at that. Whoa, look yeah, at that. The yeah, the queue is always pretty Fine, special. So I, like, I like, maybe like when you go to the Simpsons ride and you see like the, you know, the anima, well, not the animatronics, but you know, the, so what if the I don't pre-animated cutscenes. So what if I don't tell you what? Because Nintendo is definitely a property that's very close to home. Like, you know, we've, for better or worse, accepted the fact that we decided to keep our ear close to the ground as far as Nintendo news goes. So we kind of get everything spoiled, unfortunately. And so I, I can spoil it, or I can't spoil. It. I can't read this because you just said both sides of the thing. I know, like you usually. I don't know yeah, what to for, do. I, forget, I but, have a page of notes. I don't know what to but, do with them. But I feel like this is something I would definitely want to go and blank on because it's something that you know it's so special and it's Nintendo and like this is like how blind the, do you want to go? Do you want not like? Are we talking locales? Are we talking about the mechanics? Are we talking about? Because I, have, oh, man, I mean honestly, like, if should I, I just have you it, put on earmuffs? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> if I could be as surprised as possible, like that would be that'd be perfect. But I mean, you can't really have a podcast if I don't talk about any of it. Didn't think about this earlier, did you? I did not. I was happily, I was happily putting this together until I realized this, this could actually this, be a bigger this, spoiler than the game conversations we have. Honestly, I care more about this than any of the games coming out because this is like. So, what do you know about the park? Why don't, um, I, why don't I pad your information with new stuff that doesn't reveal anything different? How about that? I've seen the concept art. I don't, Do know, know, I don't know what, what type ha- of castle the park has. I mean, I've seen the concept art. So What's the castle in the concept art? So I art? saw like a Peach's Castle and a Bowser's Castle at one point. Okay. Um, okay, so you know there's Bowser's Castle. Yeah. Okay. That I is mean, the waiting pretty... area for Mario Kart. Oh. In it. I mean, I guess I could have figured that. Yeah, so I'm try- I'm trying to, like, dance around this now. So, ah, how much do you want to know about that? God, you're making this hard. I'm really excited to talk about it, but I realize I can't I mean, get it across to you. I mean, uh, I, guess, I guess you could tell me about the mechanics, but maybe not what they do. Sure. Um, I, I feel okay. Like, I feel that's still okay, as long as, you know. Like, okay, so in that case, all I'll say is you start at Bowser's Castle. That's the way. Like, area. there are these sensors that do this, but maybe not. I don't know the specifics of the sensors. Exactly. I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. I'm just there are sensors. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there are sensors everywhere. Everything's a sensor. No, but uh, you, you do start weighing in his castle, and there's some, some cool stuff in the castle, it sounds like. But once you're on the ride itself, the plan is what's known. And for anyone that does want the spoilers, we're linking to the blog post from Orlando Park Stop that actually goes into full detail. So you can know everything, including all the phases of the ride, but we will not say Phases? That. 
that's not saying anything. Every ride goes through multiple rooms. Don't act so shocked. Um, anyway, once you're on the ride itself, the plan, they're using something called a bus bar, uh, which is a system that means that the cart you're in, which seats up to four people, uh, is on a moving track, and the track itself is actually what's powering the cart. So think like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or like something like that. But there's actually like two tracks with two sets of carts, and you can imagine what thematically you're doing with these two carts because it's you and another group. Yeah, so it's like the cars ride kind of. Kind of. Um, the difference is this seems a little more like in a structured environment. So you're not actually – like the vibe I'm picking up on is you're not necessarily – going super fast they're just simulating super fast there's gonna be like wind machines and there's gonna be like they're gonna have other tracks that are moving by at different speeds that have like objects on them and they're gonna have screens that aren't the primary part of the track but actually more background to make it look like whooshing you know like the scenery shooting past you but the majority of the track and the ride is gonna be practical which for universal is very uncommon um yeah and almost disappointingly so because it definitely yeah. felt for a while like they were really steering towards let's do everything in 3d and yeah, that's it. Yeah, Which so is they're very not cost doing effective. that. I don't blame them. They're yeah. not doing that. It's not going to be like Transformers. Because, like, I don't like Transformers the ride, really. Because you just go from screen to screen to screen. It's like just being shuffled around IMAXs at very high speeds. I don't know. I, I like that one because I felt like a middle ground between only being a screen like the Minions ride versus being an on, like, a dark ride. Because it does have, like, half practical stuff and half, you know, 3D stuff. Yeah. So, well, this will have a, a special effect on top, but most of it's practical. Um,. So what they're going to do is, uh, it actually in a lot of ways, it sounds like Mario Kart VR in structure. So you know how like Mario Kart VR, they have you jump between different environments and they have like the warp pipe to get between them. They're doing something similar using environments that are familiar. Be so careful with how I word this. Um, and I appreciate it. But well, yeah, but once you yeah once you're in the environment, you're going to get all these different props and things that make it feel real. And they're going to have, this is the one spoiler I'm going to say, they're going to have actual like preset characters in their carts come up alongside you so it feels like you're actually racing them they're coming in and out cool. it's pretty cool and then here's where it gets wild and futuristic and I don't know exactly the mechanics of how it works I feel like I could say it um, they're going to do two high tech things one is projection mapping so objects will actually animate even though they're static physical objects yeah you know they're putting a face on them so they look like they're talking and looking or, or like um, you know if you pass an iron block it can rotate between items or something yeah. but here's the cool one apparently they're going to have augmented reality and you're going to be wearing glasses that you get put on when you're waiting in Bowser's Castle. And when you do that, it gets gamified. So when you go past ion blocks, there are digital ion blocks you can get. And then you can use items on the other cart. And that may affect how the race goes throughout the ride. So it's kind of like – like I feel like like something like uh, Midway Mania at Disneyland. Like Toy Story is kind of like – they basically took a light gun game and turned it into a ride. So they, they like ride-ified a game. This sounds like they're actually like gamifying a ride. Like it's primarily structured like a regular ride you get at a theme park, but then they're overlaying all this gamification stuff on top using augmented reality, which just sounds kind of wild and crazy. And that's apparently what makes it the most technologically advanced. So it sounds really cool. Like it sounds like something, assuming they hit like a good top speed with this thing or simulate a feeling of a good top speed. Because they have like LED strips that make you feel like you're going fast and screens that make you feel like you're going fast. Assuming they do all that well. Like, this is potentially a really cool thing that's like Mario Kart come to life. Probably more in a way than Mario Kart VR was when we all tried that in the past. Has it been confirmed or at all said when they plan on finishing any of the other parks? Or what do you mean the other parks? Oh, uh, it's going to be like one a year, it sounds like. So it's going to be Osaka first, and then apparently Hollywood, then apparently Orlando, and then apparently Shanghai. Meaning when we go to Japan in spring 2021, which is our plan, um, I think Hollywood will be open by the end of that year. That's but it cool. won't, it won't, it'll be smaller. Well, yeah. So, 
So we're still getting like the fuller one. Um, and what's kind of neat is like that AR stuff they're doing isn't just at Mario Kart. They're going to have very much inspired by Mario 3D World because that's the era when they signed the steal. You remember Mario 3D World, those little goggles you can go look through and see kind of the mm-hmm. level? They're going to have those scattered around the park as you walk around. And if you look through them, they're going to project character interactions on different parts of the park. That's so cool. as you look through stuff, you'll see like Yoshi's interacting or like a toad doing whatever toad does or, you know, Birdo shooting an egg or what have you. If I don't think Birdo shooting an egg, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, Birdo's or, not in 3D or World. Or toad so doing might... whatever a toad does. A toad doing what a toad does, which I think is just yelping and or... You know what it's going to be? It's going to be that gif, the whoa gif, where it's like shaking intensely. It's just going to be that on a mountainside. That's my guess. I wonder how the employees are going to be dressed at this place. I don't know. As toads, I hope. As toads? Like everybody <laughs> dressed in toads? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I, it's I, really, I, imagine, I really I, want I, them to be toads. I mean, I imagined everyone like in overalls, just like, you know, the, oh, yeah, the, 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 the Mario Maker just overalls. Like, everyone's just like in yellow. Well, what's crazy is like they're hiring for this park 2,500 people for the Osaka one alone. Like it's gonna be a big deal, and I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the other half. Like the the first half of why I think Mario or Nintendo Land is gonna be like the store Nintendo World is gonna be the story of twenty twenty because like it just sounds very cool and it's kind of like the, you know the the end goal the goal post what Nintendo's talked about so many years. But the other half is the business Disney, half. Like, what? Star, and I guess that's how disappointed Disney fans have been with the Star Wars right apparently. Well, apparently the second one's supposed to be really good. The one that opens January seventeenth. They're running commercials for it now. You have your own little like carrier with a, dro- a droid on the back who's interacting with you and stuff. It looks uh-huh. potentially it cool. Yeah, because I, I mean, even though I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, I was kind of like, I was kind of bummed out to hear that a lot of people thought it was not that great, just yeah. like that environment. People were saying that it didn't feel like Star Wars. Well, the problem was Disney overpromised because they promised two rides and they promised um, that there would be droids rolling around and everyone you interact with would be part of the story and they would track your progress from the ride and it will change how you interact with people People seem to really like the Stormtroopers, though. Yeah, I mean, like, they always like the Stormtroopers. Right, though. but like all that is what Disney went out and said they were going to do. And then when they launched the park, they're like, just kidding, it's a ride in a cantina. We have no droids. There's some actors, kind of, and it really is an opening for another year, but we're going to go ahead and open it now due to the demand. The demand that they managed to scare off themselves by overhyping how crowded it was going to be. And telling people literally don't show up, so people are like, okay, interesting. <laughs> so like, if they if their like their vision of what the park will be is probably what's going to be like halfway through next year, this year, it's probably going to be awesome at that point. But yeah, they they basically overpromised. Mm, not have to compete with Nintendo. And I I do appreciate that Nintendo and Universal. All we know about the park are leaks. They haven't actually said much of anything. Even the concept art you saw. There's one official render. The models and everything else are not them. They're keeping it really low key. So you basically have no point of reference for being disappointed unless you listen to me spoil stuff yeah, for 10 well, minutes Just straight. outside of that video that yeah, was officially yeah. released. Exactly. And that was like a concept thing that was like 10 seconds long. But um, from the pictures I've seen of like the Osaka one being built, it looks pretty cool. It's, it's straight up in, in Mario land. Like it like has the structures and the blocks and the mountains and it, it looks pretty cool. But I feel like you're about to say something, Kevin. I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. But uh, so as I say, like, I think so on that side, it's a big deal just because like, when has Nintendo done anything like this? Like this is like a full physical Nintendo world is pretty cool. But then there's also, of course, the business side. And um, I, to me, the fu- the funny thing about being a diehard fan of something. Yeah, I think you're not spoiling it, by the way. I don't know how much you held back on. But... A good amount. Oh, I could have told you the specific segments of the course, which actually I wasn't going to do, but I was going to name two. And I could have told you what happens in Bowser's Castle, but I didn't. Wow. Um, so if those guys, if anyone wants to know that level of detail, even I was holding it back 
in my original note, but if anyone wants to know the full level, they break down everything. The number of phases, what the phases are, which oh, ones are references nice. from games and which ones are like new ones and everything. And concept art of all of it. So well, the blog post is actually really fascinating if you don't care about being spoiled. But um, what I was going to say is like it's kind of funny. Like As a diehard fan, I forget. you know, be it, Whatever you're a diehard fan of, when you're like in the thick of it, you you kind of forget that like there's more to your fandom than just the little bubble you're in of fellow diehards. Like, um, you know, you kind of forget there are other fans out there. I mean, this is a morbid example, but that happens a lot in Pokemon, right? Or like, okay, give your example of Pokemon. It's better than my morbid one. Well, you know, it's like whenever I look at some of the updates and announcements, and I just look at how it can be used competitively, and or how some of the updates or enhancements to the game have nothing to do with the competitive side, and I'm like, oh, like why is this even here? It's just a waste of space. But, right. then, but then there's like people that literally just do that and it's like oh okay that's right because people play this game yeah can play the game differently yeah exactly or like i'm gonna get my morbid one anyway the um the example i had in my head when i was thinking about like how's parallels to nintendo is this is morbid but lincoln park when their singer chester died jesus christ i know oh, no but man, like up Jason. to that point no people knew like everyone knew lincoln park and they were a big band really but to sign they were okay, they have the most there. facebook fans of any band on the planet whoa yeah. facebook that's fan. i mean it's a couple hundred million people that know of them that's I a know. big group but um but like signing seeing pe- so many people like respond to the news and to see like the news carried by major mainstream news outlets and to start hearing people come out of the woodwork about how like you know people i've known for years are like oh i wish i saw them live or i really liked them as a kid I'm like how has this never come up before like it was just weird to be like oh yeah there's like a huge following and i feel like even with nintendo we're so like in the thick of it that we forget that like Nintendo opening a theme park or Nintendo doing stuff like that is huge. Like in in Nintendo's case, I think like what really solidified that for me is these stories that it's a much less morbid example, but the stories of the crowd at the Nintendo Tokyo store. Every day, the store's been open for like seven weeks. Every day for seven straight weeks, the line has been at least an hour to three hours long to get in. It's the oh to get in. To I get thought, in. I thought to like. No, to get in. Actually, check out. Yeah, between yeah. between Christmas yeah. and New Year's. Hopefully, that's fifth by the time we go. It should be. I I actually don't know. But between Christmas and New Year's, uh, the Japan Times. <laughs> it should be. I have no I don't idea. Know. I'm just saying things. No, but between Christmas and New Year's, this article came out from the Japan Times called "Pretty Straightforwardly: Nintendo's Tokyo Store Isn't Large Enough for Its Fan Base." And they're talking about the wait, and they're talking about that even to buy things on certain sides another thirty minute wait, and talking about people are standing I'm out in the things cold, are out. and things are sold out, and Nintendo's like tweeting like remember to dress warm because it's like freezing temperatures in Japan, and people are staying out line in line for hours in the morning to get in, seven weeks in, and that kind of makes you realize like, yeah, um, Super Nintendo World's gonna be nuts because if that's just people lining up for a store where only half the merch is exclusive, imagine. A place where all the merch is exclusive. You have all these unique experiences, and they're gonna market it like crazy and tie it into my Nintendo with your name on it because they always have that universal. Exactly. There's gonna be here's a spoiler at the end of the Mario Kart ride. They're gonna have a gift shop, and in the gift shop, yeah, that wasn't too bad. And in the gift shop, which is a mechanic shop themed, of course, uh, spoiler, um, they will of course, I'm sure, have keychains with names. But um, yeah, the whole gift shop's gonna be themed around a mechanic shop for the carts. So there you go. But uh, yeah, like just imagine like if that little store is generating that much traffic and attention, what a theme park will do. Like that's why I'm saying it's a big deal for yeah, Nintendo. We'll I just realized we're going to spend so much money when we're we go. We're going to spend so much money. Because here's the th- – Across Japan, the Nintendo store and this <laughs> – And there's a Kirby cafe super... that's permanent under the Sky Tree now. So if you want any Kirby food or Kirby merch, there's also a Kirby shop cafe thing. So I don't I know. Start saving now, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare. But that that's the thing is like, 
that's my point where I'm saying like Nintendo is no longer like it's not about the games. Obviously, there's going to be good games, and obviously, we're going to enjoy maybe a Switch Pro possibly and things yeah, like I that. Think but of it's I'm like looking forward to this year outside bigger. of what new DLC characters are going to get announced. That's because Nintendo hasn't said anything yet. Really, well, that's why I said yeah. that's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just like, and I guess like whatever Retro decides to tell us about Metroid Prime Four, which is fine. I don't mind waiting, but right. I mean that's in the horizon. Yeah, but it's just like, and even those things, like if you think about it, like, okay, a new Metroid versus Nintendo just reinvented themselves and opened a theme park and opened a store and opened a cafe and constantly are like, Actually, like think about how like, just it's just see, like, it's a pivot. We're in a year that's like seriously I was gonna like say what art direction Illumination ended up going with the Mario movie. We might not know this year because that's not coming out until 2022. on model? Is it going to be very off model to the point where they look? Oh, it's going to be on model. There's very no way. Very unappealing because I feel like... I don't know, like, they're going to give Mario a neck or something. I can't see a world where, after what happened with Sonic, Illumination <laughs> goes, you know what we should do? Redesign one of the most iconic characters in the world. It's like, they're going to make them look like they could exist in the Despicable Me universe. The fact, oh god, the fact they're that... They're going to be very big heads, gangly the, arms. The fact that Detective Pikachu. You look up what Mario with the neck looks like. <laughs> I'm really afraid to find out. The fact that Detective Pikachu managed to change his design just barely enough that was noticeable, but not actually send fans into like a tizzy amazes me. Because there's, it's you're playing with fire when, whenever you do that. I mean, it's tricky. But but your point about the Mario movie is actually good. One is that like um, that seems to be where gaming. Uh, what does he look like? It doesn't look terrible, but oh, it's a little weird. It's not so, terrible. It's a, it's a little off-putting. It's, it's a oh. little... Like, it's, <laughs> it's very off-putting. Yeah, a very visceral reaction compared to us. Um, the, Luigi has a neck, I imagine, but... You know what's weird is I never really noticed the lack of a neck until you now point it out. Yeah. Wow. New decade, <laughs> new perspective on Mario. But, um... No, what I was going to say is you, you bring up the Mario movies actually interesting because I think, like, not just Nintendo, but in general, we're going to see this, like gaming's more than gaming now because there's a line in that same Japan Times article that caught my eye when they're talking about like Nintendo's plays for 2020 in the store and everything and they were saying advertising has usually been a cost but Nintendo is turning into a profit which is true like they up to this point where I was like how do we get people to play our games and they're like what if we just make money off the thing that gets people in at the same time that we get people in which is something like why don't we cash in on everything that gets people excited about the characters besides just using it as a funnel to get to the games which they didn't do as much back in the day there's a period there where they barely did there's a period there when mobile games were all about the halo effect like pokemon go was so successful because it drove people to play mainline pokemon games was nintendo's argument not because it made three billion dollars on its own because it got people to buy pokemon games and now nintendo's going like actually never mind why don't we just make money every step of the way it's something that like shintaro furukawa who's nintendo's big global president now has been talking up lately and with the park and the merch and the mobile games and the movies like the Mario movie I suspect is going to happen and and the thing is like it's not just Nintendo I mean we're seeing it right now with Witcher which by the way has anyone watched The Witcher? No. no. Me neither. Okay great chat but no um, it's happening with Witcher though because like there's been huge demand for that a lot of memes about it toss a coin to your Witcher well, just more that, like just, the, a song from it that went. Because more like his two catchphrases, like um and I haven't seen those memes where he just like says like the f word. Oh well, he says that a lot. But yeah, um, yeah but the uh, the thing about The Witcher and and like I feel like Pokemon Go is sort of the template that all these guys are following, where you take one franchise and make it go somewhere else, and then suddenly it blows up. 
But the thing about The Witcher is like it's been huge for Netflix. One analytics firm was saying it's now more quote in demand than The Mandalorian is, which um, really? that's a vague metric. First of all, I mean, so, like if the show finished though, yeah, and but but they were on at the same time at one point. But yeah, apparently in demand, just so we're clear, is a metric that according to this firm, which has been tracking this for years, means that people online in some capacity have expressed interest in the show. It doesn't mean they're actually watching it; just means they're talking about it in some sort of yeah, I'm gonna watch that way to the tune of 127 million people. Are talking about The Witcher worldwide, which is, or there's 127 million references or something like that, which is insane. Um, but more, why don't you watch it? You like the Game of Thrones? It's, I don't know, but never, I don't know. I probably will at some point. But apparently, this one's a little more like Monster of the Week style, like it's not quite an overarching plot. Like, there's obviously a thread, but like each episode is kind of a self contained monster bad guy. So, I don't know. I mean, that's fine, but that's kind of how Mandalorian was too. But I don't know. But what I find kind of more surprising than that is like the more concrete number that apparently the show's doing well enough that the game is now getting a huge boost like in droves people are checking out the game more apparently concurrent players on steam for the witcher 3 are at the highest they've ever been it's up 93 percent compared to a month ago it's bigger than it was at launch there are more wow. people check it out now than at launch. Makes sense. I mean, you definitely get a lot of people that probably never even heard of The Witcher. Right, right. And it's partly because... And they're probably even like, whoa, there's a whole game and it's actually really good because I feel like anyone that's heard of The Witcher game has only ever heard good things about it. Right. Or how it's like the like a massive open world game that will just consume you or something. Yeah, and it's relatively cheap now too, which helps as well. And then like on Twitch, streams of the game, they jump. I mean, these are obviously um, slightly smaller numbers, but there were 400 people in the month of October that were streaming The Witcher 3. In a week, there were 31,000. I wouldn't be surprised if so, little... He's already bit, done one. I wouldn't be surprised if his bit like, oh, got, got more some, views yeah. and traction. And I mean, it makes total sense. It's like a perfect symbiotic relationship because, you know, it gives fans more of an IP they love in a way that advertises a different service. So in this case, Netflix and getting a subscription if they didn't already have one. And simultaneously is advertising a game to an audience who may not have played it. In this case, Netflix subscribers who may want to check out Witcher 3, the game. Like, I hate to say it, but it's uh, it's perfect synergy. And I suspect in 2020, Nintendo leading the charge with their stuff, Witcher, Sonic, Rabbids, they're all going to be doing this. It's going to become more... Watch Dogs, the animated series, did you know that was a thing? It's going to become more and more of a thing in gaming this year. It's going to be just like this synergetic, like how do we expand into a multimedia, multi Are they going to adapt Death Stranding and use the actual actors that they got in the game? I, uh, maybe. I mean, I'm sure they're all on contract if they want to. And um, and like, we're, here's actually, here's one you'd be interested in. It's happening with Dragon Quest, because I know you've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, Square Enix has worked with Netflix and they're bringing over the CG Dragon Quest movie, Dragon Quest Your Story, as a Netflix original here in the West. Which, like, I feel like, you know, eight years ago, no one would care or, like, not do well, but now it's kind of a big thing because games are everywhere. Or, like, Ubisoft is making a Rabbids movie with Lionsgate. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it's written by... Hasn't this been in development forever? It was, but now it's, like, official. So they had a TV show for a while, and now it's, like, officially official as a movie. Uh, It's being written by some of the guys behind Robot Chicken, so there's hope. But then it's being directed by. Um, let me make sure. I get, I'm, I'm doing a literal. So hold on, I'm doing a literal right? checks notes meme here because I can't remember how bad a movie. Right, it's being directed by the guy who directed a very Harry, uh, a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. So I'm sure that's gonna be a great. The one movie. I never saw. I'm sure that's gonna be a great movie. But um, what were you starting to ask? Wasn't. I feel like those movies were always. Re- reviewed well yeah but think about him doing rabbits i don't know if that's like how you translate that humor into like a kid's movie 
I mean, I guess you could do well, but just Tony. I mean, Eli down. Roth made a made a kids movie. It was he successful, did? apparently. What yeah. did he make? Uh, that one with Jack Black, the like magic one. That was him. The, the, the house with the, the haunted, clock, the, clock, the, the house with the clock, and yeah. the one that got a sequel that none of the same cast are in. No, 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 no. That's a recent one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The house with the clock in its walls or something. Yeah, I didn't know Eli Roth did that. Okay, well, maybe there's hope for Rabbids the movie. Although I'm very curious to see how, like, Rabbids is going to fare in a space where they rip off the minions already dominate. Like, Rabbids came before minions. They're very similar, but Rabbids were first by about half a year to a year. So I'm kind of curious, like, are people going to be like, who are these minion ripoffs, even though they're the OG annoying creatures? Wait, what's the the time span in between them? Like, half a year to a year. Has it been that long since so the Rabbids launch Me with, came out? The the Rabbids launched with the Wii in 2006. When did the Spickle Me come out? I think it came out in like 2007, like spring. Yeah. No. 2007, I think. I'll check. Was Despicable Me? No. I'm pretty sure. Despicable Me, 2010. Okay, oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I, there was Even no more of a way. gap. Even more of my point. Yeah. <laughs> but like, everyone's gonna be like, "Who are these minion ripoffs? Why do these minions have ears? Like, it's gonna be." Yeah, I'm really curious how it fares. But um, what were you asking, Andrew? Who's developing it? Yeah. So it's Ubisoft in collaboration with Lionsgate, and I don't know the studio that's actually like animating it or anything, but they haven't said. Huh. But I think it's one of Ubisoft's internal because Ubisoft has a whole TV and a movie movie division. Like Ubisoft, to their credit, was ahead on this whole thing that's now blowing up of like a multimedia conglomerate octopus of IP address or IP not IP address IP properties. Um, yeah, and I mean Nintendo property sort of, properties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, like ATM machine. But uh, yeah, and it's it's Nintendo sort of piggybacking off that now with their park into that like that concept. But yeah, I'm not quite sure who's making it, but they do have the 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 team because I know Nickelodeon did the show with them, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious where that goes. But like even right here at the start of the year, like we're what five days in, and already Sega is also doing this. They're doing this exact same strategy. Like, this is the story of 2020. Like Sega. You know, they have the Sonic movie coming out next month, and they're deep in the marketing campaign for the movie right now. They just revealed Baby Sonic the other day. Oh, kind of next month already. And, yeah, it's, like, literally five weeks from when this episode goes out. And let me guess, you wanted to reveal the original Sonic Baby design? Yeah, I do. I already tweeted that I wanted them to. Uh, But, yes, I definitely do. Oh, God, Um, that monster. I know, right? And you know what's weird about Baby Sonic? It's he's normal Sonic. It's his normal head on just a smaller body. Like, it's not quite... I feel like they took the lazy way out. I mean, it looks cute because of the chibi effect, but, like, I don't know. Am I am I way off base? Did you guys fall in love with Baby Sonic when he was announced? Nope. No, he just looks like a little kid. Mm-hmm. He just has kids have proportions. I do think the Green Hill Zone that they rendered in that trailer where they reveal Baby Sonic is really nice looking. Like, that's cool. Like, I think that's, whole some, movie that's the that. one universal, like, positive that that movie has going yeah, for it. Yeah, it looks The fact really that good. everybody really likes how uh, Green Hill Zone looks. It looks really good, I think. But anyway... um, in the midst man plot twist like huh. the movie is only like 10% in Arvold and 90% in Could Mobius you imagine if they hired James Martin and Jim Carrey to be in approximately 5 minutes of the movie and did all the marketing around those 5 minutes but it's actually a coming of age story set in Green Hill Zone where it's uh, young baby Sonic growing into adolescent Sonic falling in love with Amy falling out of love and then in angst going to the real world for a few minutes and it's this actually this weird Sonic indie one. movie <laughs> what? what? You got the the Sonic Amy relationship wrong. Completely wrong. Doesn't? Oh, that's true. They're not really. No, no. I'm gonna stick with it because he also tried to fall in love with a human, which doesn't make sense either. Oh no! Well, Sonic never. Pursues... And do you remember his design? It's not like they're actually. <laughs> Sonic never pursues Amy. 
he could in the movie because they also made him look like a freak. So wow, I'm not it's, I'm not saying they're accurate. What is their relationship? Granted, that's my error that I'm not trying to cover. Are they one-sided. more sibling? What? It's just one sided, from Amy to Sonic. Oh well, maybe he... unrequited. Okay, fine. Let me modify my plot. No, She's no, trying no, to fall in love with him, and he wants to, he bails to Earth to get away from her, and is like five minutes more, at the end. Yeah, that sounds that's more, actually yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, that sounds more in line with okay Sonic's pettiness. <laughs> but anyway, point is, um, in the midst of all the movie promotion and the fact that there is a movie, Sega is now starting to tease some sort of big Sonic video game project for 2020 as well. Oh boy! And uh, it's part of a broader hashtag Sonic 2020 initiative, which sounds like a presidential campaign, but obviously not. But uh, in this specific ent- uh, instance, Sega posted a thank you video about Sonic. Here we go again. And, yeah, and in the hidden in in the video was a hidden message. And that message, I don't know what to make of it. It, I'm just going to read it. It's kind of strange. Just read it. Uh, it began in 2015. A glimmer of a, fr- of a flame, growing with each success, enduring every challenge. Within this, my last puzzle, remember the words, something in Latin that translates to fire test gold. This next, cha- this next chapter belongs to you. I don't know how fans even found that, but it's in there somewhere. And I have no idea what to make of that. You guys are more in tune with Sonic. Does any of that mean anything? It started in 2015. That's Sonic Mania. That's when development started for Sonic Mania. I know that much. That's where my knowledge stops. (laughs) Then there was something about what? There was, uh, they're talking about like, yeah, fire tests gold. They're talking about a glimmer of a a flame and... My last puzzle, remember the words, and this next chapter begins belongs to you. I it, I have this weird feeling. Do you remember the storybook games they did on the Wii, which actually weren't all that bad? Sonic and the Secret Ring, Sonic and the Black Knight. One, he was in like an Arabian world. One, yeah. he was in medieval times, but not the restaurant. Um, my feeling is they're going back to that, or they're doing Sonic Mania 2, but that's with my very limited knowledge. Because the chapter thing fits storybook. The... Um, Puzzles. There I feel were puzzles. Like 2015 is the biggest hint there. So Mania, then, probably Mania. When two? did Mania release? Uh, not 2015. 2017. <laughs> yeah, but apparently they started dev work in 2015, or that's uh, when they hired. Yeah, but the that. Team. I yeah, I know one really talks that way. So what? And like that's after the storybook games. And Fire yeah. makes me think Sonic, Sonic, uh, Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice, which does not was not well received. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, Sega so really believed in it, I guess. Hmm? I guess Sega Maybe did. they did. I mean, did they end Sonic Boom, the show? Yeah, I don't think it's still running. Pretty sure it isn't, actually. Well, I guess whatever they're doing, um, that's the hint. So there you go. But no, that like, to my like to my broader point, like it's them, you know, milking or not milking, mooching off the movie for sake of promoting the game, and it's gonna be this exact. This dance is gonna be in every. Every game property you can think Sonic of. Sonic the movie, the game. Sonic. What will he look like? Which design? You'll get to play as classic Sonic, obviously. Is classic Sonic baby Sonic? Where what's the what's the hierarchy here of all the Sonics at this point? The hierarchy. What, what? Like what's so like where's baby Sonic versus classic? Because isn't classic Sonic considered Urkel like Sonic the, at the top? Urkel. Uh, Sonic that was voiced by Urkel is at the oh, top. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, then we have Sonic Adventure. Sonic. I don't. I don't understand the question. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out like if they because he was saying Sonic the movie, the games. I'm trying to figure out like what is that? Which design Sonic do the they movie, do? The what do they? 
how do they... Oh, they go with Ben Schwartz Sonic. I guess. But I guess they'd have to re-render the whole game with the newer design. Can you imagine a game with the old design? With weird human Sonic? I would have played that, actually. That, that gets released as DLC. That'd be great if they did like, that's a my, skin. That's my prediction for 2020. Right. I think that's probably, that's a good prediction. That that model will be playable in, in some game this year. <laughs> that'd be good. Imagine if they added as a, a like a costume in Smash. That'd be so good. Oh, God. They wouldn't do it, but that'd be so good. But anyway, before we go too far down the Sonic rabbit hole, and I'd argue we're already way too far down, um, we still haven't touched on anything about what's happening with Switch or Nintendo games. So uh, like maybe maybe move away from is Sonic anything before happening it's too late. Switch and Nintendo games? Well, the big question is, do you guys think a Switch Pro is going to happen this year? Are they going to come out with another variant no, of the Switch? I don't think so. So what makes you... I, well, I guess the first question is, what would a Switch Pro be well, in our minds? I don't... I don't know. I I don't need one. That's not the question. I don't know. <laughs> that's not the question. I don't know. Like I I don't really see what what you can really improve. So that's kind of the thing is like, like I mean besides like yeah, sure, give it more battery. I don't know, like faster processing so it doesn't freeze as much, but I mean that's all like stuff I don't care about or that most people like when you get an upgraded, I feel like you want something more significant. So how about these? Because the, the the rumor was from the start, kind of was it's going to be more powerful in some way. I just feel like waiting patiently and just seeing what happens. Well, that undercuts the entire point <laughs> of this episode, doesn't it? But because um, you may recall when the Switch Lite was first rumored, there's also a more powerful Switch that was rumored, which could be the stopgap one we got in August, because that technically has better processing. But there was theories and analysts were latching onto the idea that the Switch would support 4K. So it upres everything, and then the screen on the switch could potentially be 1080p. And the thinking is, I was looking at some stats recently. The market is over 50% 4K TVs now, so there's an audience for that. And if Nintendo were to upgrade anything, some sort of 4K support with an upscale of existing content probably makes sense. It's, I mean, it, it's what they did in the like that's what PS4 Pro did, that's what Xbox One X did. So if they were to do that, sure. Um, they should where... fix the Nintendo Online first. How would how would you like to see them fix it in twenty twenty? What's your like vision? I don't know. Just make it like every other service. Just allow messaging that is allow messaging. So that's it. They same <laughs> messaging app. Supposedly, rumor has it. We'll see. You have um, to by the time most people listen to this, <laughs> like you can even do a firmware update out on the sixth. So you can even tomorrow. do that already with like like I know like Sony has an app that I have downloaded where you could just like send messages to other people on your friends' accounts. Like it's literally. It acts as like a messaging app. You could access a store from there and a bunch of other stuff. So why couldn't Nintendo's online app been that? But instead, it's like a worse version of what Nintendo, it wanted to be. I don't know. Like it used to be funny when like oh Nintendo doesn't yeah. get the internet now it's just annoying. It's just fi- fix it. Like. <laughs> well, it's like Nintendo does. Nintendo does things in such Nintendo ways that don't always make sense. And I'm not saying it excuses like, them. Yeah, it that's doesn't. not acceptable at but all. But like, like, like I mean. Even, like, going back to what I was just saying about they can make a 4K Switch, like, realistically, Nintendo doesn't just make a higher-res thing. If they make a Switch Pro, like, it's going to be some random... I mean, like, when the new 3DS came out, they gave it um, they gave it a control stick, and they gave it Amiibo support. When DSi came out, they're like, cameras! No one needed a camera on their DS, but they're like, cameras! So, like, it's... It, and I guess DSiWare, which is actually a legit thing. But, like... To your point with the online stuff, I don't know if Nintendo ever like thinks in those terms. I don't, that's not a good thing. But I don't think they ever go like, well, the other guys have messaging. 
So we need to have messaging. And often when they zig instead of zag, it works in their favor. The Switch, a theme park. Like things that other companies would be like, oh, that's not work for, for video games. But then there's weird ones like messaging where you're just like, the no. The Wii U. The Wii U. Yeah, that didn't necessarily work out. Reggie himself called it a failure recently. Um, but it's just like, yeah. Like there's times when they think they're in the right because they're doing it just because they're doing it differently. And then you're stuck with us not being able to message each other without like five different apps. I can't so. wait to not be able to message you in 4K. Like, <laughs> like I mean, so no, it sounds like it sounds like. Let's say they did 4K. I mean, I don't know. Like, as a as a consumer, I feel uh, like it's still it's... too soon for a remodel. That's what I'm kind of thinking too. I don't know. Like, even though, like, it feels like I just got the Switch, even though it's two years old now. Maybe three, three. going on three. It's gonna be three like months. honestly, it does not feel that old. It I feels agree. like about a year old. And then I remember, like, oh, this actually came out this long ago. Like, I am not anywhere near in the market to get any kind of revision let alone of the switch like yeah. if if anything i don't yeah I'm not, I'm not even in the market to get like a new console like the next thing i would want if i were to get anything would be like the oculus quest just because that seems interesting because i don't have to get a computer for it but i also don't know what its limits are or if it can actually do if it's limited to some programs or i don't know what i so. do wonder with the quest if that's the tipping point where vr goes a little more mainstream i don't think it'll ever be mainstream i made this point it's 400 bucks so it's like not that bad yeah it's the same price as a lot of consoles yeah but, but it's like the price of a console at that point yeah like i i still very firmly believe that vr is never gonna be as mainstream as normal gaming because like to put yourself in a different world and disconnect to the point where you like can't eat while you play or text while you play like that's a you can absolutely eat while you while you're in vr what <laughs> people have, do a lot of things while they're in vr have you have you eaten one VR and or texted? Uh, and or done other things? I, I, look, man, you make it sound like it's impossible for, for me to eat a sandwich while I got a headset on. Is it? I Go make a sandwich right now. I am very much. He's pointing to a PlayStation VR, just so we're clear. I, I mean, literally, if you just know it's in front of you on a table, you you can get to it. Okay, so this is like, the year the quest that I'm going to be, be able to, like, write a full essay while I'm wearing a VR headset, but... To be honest, that would be easier because it's all dexterity with a keyboard and then you have the screen in your face. I'm talking about things that aren't, like, computer-based trying all to I'm do that. All I'm saying is that I, I can mean, definitely eat a sandwich while okay, I'm in VR. Okay, well, so maybe VR will. But I do think the quest, to your point, is actually this is the year, like, VR is going to catch on a little because there's Half-Life Alex coming out. There's That's the one of the things being, that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, there's the fact that the quest is. Are you pantomiming eating a sandwich while playing VR? <laughs> I just is that what just happened? That's what just happened. But yeah, I think I think VR could have an uptick. I don't know if it's gonna be like the big thing this year, but I think twenty twenty is a good year for VR. But um, yeah, the Switch Pro is weird because like to to your point, Angel, like it isn't exactly near, but it seems like the. I mean, that's kind of why my attitude is kind of the way it is, just because it feels so. It still doesn't feel. I don't know, old enough to warrant one, so it's kind of like I'm happy where things are. Like, yeah. If they're really feeling great, if not, like I don't know, think like I could care less. It and I feel like. I mean, other people just got a lot of people just got their switches for like the holidays. Yeah, too, that so. doesn't stop Nintendo. I, I mean, they they remember when they announced the um, the new 3ds like the week after E3 when I like, go buy a 3ds and get all these cool games oh. this summer and then they're like surprise we have another 3ds. Well, I guess this is just I mean it's just or definitely, 3DS XL, I it's definitely one of the least exciting upgrades. I guess. Well, because we don't really know what it is because we're just assuming it's only 4K and we don't know when it's coming. Well, that, and that's, I'm not assuming anything. That's that's mm-hmm. the analysts are assuming that that's the weird thing is like all these people that are like, no no say they're split down the middle and half of them are like oh it's happening in 2020 and half of them are saying it's probably happening in 2021 I think 2021 makes were a they, lot more sense. Were they saying it was going to happen in 2019? They were saying there'd be two switches launched in 2019. One would be a slightly 
improved one with better battery and slightly better specs, and that existed. It's the one we got in August. And the other was the Switch Lite, and that existed. And we got that in September. The Switch Pro was sort of spun out of that rumor, because people originally thought the slightly improved one would be a Switch Pro, but then as that one started coming out, insiders like at Nikkei and Bloomberg and all them started saying there's another Switch coming down the pipe as like a revision halfway through the system's life cycle, which we're not at yet. But I think part of the reason it's really like a part of the reason a lot of analysts are thinking 2020, I think, is there's this little piece of evidence that came out that sort of supports it may be happening sooner rather than later, which is, and it's a dumb one, but according to the Taipei Times, the company behind Switch's game card memory, a company called Macronics or something like that, they, two years ago, told Nintendo they're going to make them a 64 gig cartridge. They then said, just kidding, we can't make it work. Now they're saying, just, just kidding, we made it work. We're using a new second gen 3D NAND flash memory, yada, yada. And second half of the year, we're going to start making them. And the number one customer on the list to receive them, the first one that's going to get them, is Nintendo. And you might think like, well, how does that indicate a Switch Pro at any time in his, you know, be it late 2020, early 2021. But like in in 2017, when they were talking about the, the cartridge, there was the idea that games would need to fit on these cartridges. Two years later, you know what happened? There's barely anyone that even uses the existing 32 gig cartridge. There's only one company that did, or one game that did, and it was The Witcher 3. Every other game on Switch has gotten a smaller cartridge because the companies don't want to spring for the more expensive 32 gig cart. There's no way they're going to spring for a 64 gig cart. Even Nintendo doesn't use the 32 gig cart. So the only reason that you would maybe go from 16 to 64, which is a factor of four, and have Nintendo be your number one customer when doing so is if maybe your resolution is going up by a factor of four and the assets are increasing by a factor of four. And I don't think this means it's necessarily coming in 2020, but Nintendo's gearing up for something because there's no rhyme or reason that they should need these cartridges otherwise, I feel like. So they've been getting by just fine. I doubt they're sitting on games from two years ago because the cartridges weren't big enough. So that's the one piece of evidence that makes me think 4K is happening. But I personally don't necessarily, I'm with you guys, I don't necessarily think it's happening in 2020. I think, um, like, the, the main argument of why it should happen in 2020 is because they need something to go up against PS5 and Xbox. That's what a lot of analysts are saying is, like, maybe it won't be as powerful but the Switch needs to remain in the conversation. And maybe Nintendo does something like launch a few months before PS5 and Xbox. So when every article comes out about the new consoles, like also Switch, a new Switch is out as well. And it kind of just keeps being in the conversation. But like, I don't know. I mean, you can I feel even... like they wouldn't be doing it any favors. Especially if you're launching up against the Series X and the and the PS5. Like, Well, it's not doing favors in terms of graphics, but it doesn't necessarily... Basically, it's the idea of everyone has new hardware. It's kind of like when all the new phones come out and there's the mid-tiers and the high-ends, but they all get lumped together in every article about, oh, Samsung came out with a new phone and so so did Apple and so did Motorola. So you definitely aren't as much of a sheep when it comes to getting redesigns. I'm not. I used to be, but I'm not unless there's a practical reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have a 4K TV, so I wouldn't get this. And if it's like 400 bucks for just 4K, I have no interest. Mm -hmm. But if they added a feature that we don't know what it will be, the equivalent of cameras or DSiWare, maybe... But they'd have to be worth it. A camera would no, no, get no. you. No, 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 no. A camera on the switch. No, 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 no. The equivalent of cameras to your So some new hardware feature that supposedly opens up opportunities for games. There was Photo Dojo. 
Remember Photo Dojo on the DS? I yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I, yeah, so there was that, or like DSI where it was a legit yeah, thing. Like, I was I would pretty love, neat. I would obviously love if they. I don't know if you remember from DSI where and then we were. They had the like art style series where they did all these weird quirky games that they wouldn't release any other way, and they went for a compilation. Those were what? WarioWare Snap was fun. Yeah, WarioWare Snap was fun. Like I'd be cool if they did a Switch Pro that had something that wasn't cameras but the equivalent of some new hardware gimmick that mm. adds stuff folders and wallpapers or so what wait what oh folders <laughs> you have to some, buy a for, for some for reason folders. it's like baked into the hardware it's imagine like, yeah. messaging <laughs> could you actually i would not put that past nintendo oh a pro feature is being able to talk to your friends on our platform instead of the other platform only the pros know how to use real a new pro subscription that you have to like add on to your nintendo online account but my my uh for next to ten dollars you get all this stuff ideas. My my point is if um if they added something like that I'd be a sheep hundred percent if it's just strictly a con- uh, graphics upgrades which I don't see them doing because that's not very Nintendo like for the same reason they don't understand messaging like they don't just do the thing that makes sense um probably not but then it's like it, if it comes out a year from now maybe my tune will change I mean it, if they were to launch it this like if they were to just do here's a four K console we're putting out for the holidays they could easily theoretically put Breath of the Wild 2 with it, make Breath of the Wild 4K, and they have a very compelling offering going into the holidays. That's, like... I mean, Nintendo's last financial report, the game's release, Breath of the Wild 2, is still TBA. So it's not yeah, so this thing necessarily is- happening. But we're talking about a game that's been in development well before the E3 teaser, I'm sure. And they're using an existing engine on the same hardware. With the, It's basically just getting new scenarios and maybe an up-res. Like, they could get that out by the holidays with a Switch Pro if they really wanted to. If the Switch Pro rumors were true, it's it's feasible. It's much more feasible than Breath of the Wild, which needed delays because they are building something completely from scratch. Um, I'm not saying it's no work for devs. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm not saying it's, like, easy peasy. But absolutely, it's a shorter dev cycle than a Zelda from the ground up. So if they really wanted to showcase 4K this year on a Switch Pro... I could see Breath of the Wild 2 being the game to I guess do it. they'll have to wait till E3. But maybe. But then there's part of me that also is like... Or maybe GDC? They have announced Zelda's at GDC. They announced Phantom Hourglass at GDC during our last keynote back in 2008 or nine. Jeez, can you oh, know that's up your head? Of course I do. Look who you're talking to. <laughs> but yeah, no. It, uh, but they've never announced like a huge Zelda. They've announced like the weird offshoot Zeldas. So I don't think we'll see it at GDC. But I think um, realistically like they could ride out the Switch. For every reason you guys said you didn't want the Switch this year, I don't think they have a, an issue, honestly. Like, they have that stopgap one with the kind of bare battery. Uh, yeah, honestly, which... like, they just need to do maybe small internal revisions that mm-hmm. aren't announced as revisions, and they just... Literally like, the battery one. Yeah, like, yeah, like what or they Or, like, did. the Switch Lite. Like, I mean, fact is, Switch Lite still doesn't like launch some, in China. Like, I could that see, could be huge for them. Like, I could see myself potentially, like, maybe, like, in a couple more years when it's, like, you know, toward the end of the Switch life cycle and my Switch is, like, chugging along, like, barely. It's like, well, okay, maybe I'll just get a new one. Yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't seem as big as you, especially because of the Joy-Cons. I mean, they make it feel like you have a new Switch every time you get a new pair of Joy-Cons. Kind of. I will say the orange one looks amazing in person. Well, I mean, depending on how just the color is, but they do, it's nice. It it makes a big difference. Yeah. but, like, 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 even if Nintendo is just, like, not even going to do minor revisions. I mean, they don't need to. They did them last year. Like, first of all, they still have China this year, which is going to be a big story at some in some capacity. Like, if Nintendo can do it right, China's going to be big. We're going to hear about China a lot with Nintendo's 2020, like, business side. But elsewhere, like, here in the States, um, 
the Switch is probably going to do fine against Xbox and PS5 as is because contrary to what every analyst says that they need to compete, data shows they don't exactly. Like our go-to name drop of late, Matt Piscatel of the MP- MPD group, he was sharing on Twitter that they did some survey data and 40%, over 40% of Switch owners in the States also own a PS4 and Xbox One. So Switch in any form, 4K, not 4K, what have you, it's not necessarily a competitor or a substitute. It's, as he put it, supplemental. So they can go into the holiday against the big guns and be like, oh, but if you want, like, Pokemon gun, the only way to get it is if you buy a Switch. And that's a completely valid argument. So even in face of new hardware, there shouldn't be a reason that the Switch is going to necessarily hurt this next holiday season, which means there's not a reason to rush out a Switch Pro. They can wait till they have some more compelling argument. They can wait a few years till people who, you know, like you guys and me who feel two and a half years three years isn't enough like there there's there's a point there and it's actually a point that reggie made um he did a cornell podcast recently and he this was kind of interesting he was saying that back when he first joined nintendo so we're talking early 2000s it was uncommon for anyone to own more than one game console they either had a ps2 or an xbox or a gamecube nintendo's data showed it but as years went by nintendo saw that people would often augment those machines with Nintendo ones, or vice versa. And hearing him actually say that, which Nintendo didn't really publicly say in an official capacity, but hearing Reggie and I be like, yeah, that's totally how it was, it puts a lot of context around decisions like Nintendo being more open to cross-play, Nintendo being open to cloud saves with other companies, Nintendo letting Microsoft make games for Switch, like all that was because Nintendo had the data showing them it does no harm to Nintendo, so why not? Why not? And that's kind of one of those little things that you don't really get to hear because Nintendo as a corporation is going to be like, oh, yeah, we don't care if people buy the competitors. We're still fine. But when Reggie steps away, Reggie Unleashed, he can say whatever he wants. Um, which, side note, not very often we sit here on a podcast telling you to go listen to another podcast. But if anyone out there has any interest in the inner workings of Nintendo, give that podcast a listen. Once you're done with ours, of course. But but seriously, give that a listen because Reggie shares some really interesting kind of fascinating anecdotes about his time at Nintendo. Like, I'm talking, like, little things to big things. One of my favorite, tiniest examples is, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a period where Nintendo had the Who Are You ad campaign, where they, like, taped characters uh, nope. on top of Angel. Yeah. And they cape, like they would tape a Mario face on top of, like, a photo and be like, oh, of you're the Mono, Mario. Of the Mona Lisa. Yeah, and then they expanded yeah. that campaign with the SP and started doing, like, graffiti. Like, the Who Are You logo was in graffiti. And then they took the Nintendo logo and took it out of its racetrack logo and did a graffiti Nintendo logo. And they'd only use that logo in the ads. Reggie, when he joined Nintendo, hated it. He said it was a bad example of them trying to age up the logo to make them something they're not. And as soon as he joined Nintendo, he stopped the campaign. And that's why the campaign ended. Because they're just like, no, this is stupid. That's not why our brand is. <gasps> and it's one of those things like he would never talk about when it happened. Just like, oh, yeah, we're just you know changing direction. Da, da, da. But it's kind of interesting to see him actually be like, oh, yeah, Nintendo is on the wrong track. And actually like, talk candidly. So if that sort of thing interests you, there's the podcast. We'll link to it on the blog post. But anyway, Reggie, tangent aside, uh, point is I don't necessarily know, like, I don't think we're getting a Switch Pro this year. I think you guys are right. Uh, Like, even Breath of the Wild 2 doesn't have to be dependent on it because just as easily as that can be a showcase for any sort of 4K. You know what else could be a great showcase for 4K? You said it before, Angel. What, Metroid Prime 4. Metroid, I'd argue, is maybe a better – yes. Oh, yes. But no, Metroid Prime 4 is arguably an even better example for how to showcase really good graphics and intricate graphics than Zelda because Zelda's kind of this washed-out watercolor aesthetic and Metroid is this super meticulous, detailed, very, very um, 
graphic heavy i guess <laughs> very graphic. i don't know what i trying to say um but it's a you know it's a look that's very way more pinpointed i agree and are you across the <laughs> you're like walking out the door i agree bye but no um i i do think like the the this may be coincidental but there were rumors that sprung up the other day that retro studios is actually outsourcing some of the dev work for metroid prime 4 to speed up the release namely there's this youtuber named uh dr 81 who stumbled across a this is real he didn't just make this up he stumbled across a job listing from retro that includes a pretty straightforward responsibility of review outsourced content to ensure final deliverability is reflect the desired artistic vision Very so there wordy. you go they're outsourcing and of course there's nothing wrong with outsourcing dead work dev work tons of studios do it retro did it when they helped metro mario kart uh, 7 and 8 as you may recall uh, with Zelda, with Breath of the Wild, Nintendo outsourced to Monolith Soft to make the help with the sheer scale of it. But like, if you're retro and Nintendo's been very patient with your project for all these years, and suddenly you're going to outsource your environmental design to someone, you gotta kind of wonder like, why is Nintendo trying to get Metroid Prime Four out sooner rather than later? And then you kind of gotta wonder, well, if if something like a Switch Pro happens and it's more of a core gamer device, why not give it the core gamery game that has all the hype that they had to reboot anyway, Metroid Prime Four? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You said why? You said something about retro taking their sweet time with this game. No, in general, Nintendo's been very patient with retro and let them take their time with all their releases. And then this one, suddenly they're outsourcing and to speed mm. up the release. So it's like why? And it's like, well, maybe if there is a Switch Pro in holiday or fall of 2021, this helps them hit that goal because Breath of the Wild two hypothetically could be their big holiday game this year against Xbox and PlayStation at normal resolution and then when they go pro and 4K and all that they have a game at the ready eh. that's my theory based on literally speculation but that's you know well they <laughs> they just literally restarted they restarted a little while ago they started about I a year ago I think it was ago. like a year ago right? yeah it was about yeah, a year so. ago so and I mean that's still it's it's still a bit of a stretch but it depends on how heavily they're outsourcing or how many teams they're working with yeah exactly and, and we don't know from, how much two years from now yeah but Right, right. Yeah, that's much. why I speculate. But I'm just saying, like, they are someone's pushing down on the throttle for some reason when usually Retro did all their stuff internally. So, hypothetically, if Breath of the Wild 2 isn't, say, a launch title, a Metroid would be a good substitute. Yeah. It's just my theory. Possibly. I mean, it's just, that's the whole thing about I'm speculation. I'm like trying to wrap my, my mind around the time frame. More around, they want to make Metro the game? Met, Metro. Metroid the game? The oh. series that. that... Metroid Prime 1 and 2 are huge on GameCube, and 3 did pretty well on Switch, and there's a lot of pent-up fan demand for 4. And if they want some sort of like technical showcase, Metroid was always the graphical showcase on those systems. I'm just saying if they can't do Breath of the Wild 2, which they could, but if they don't, Metroid's the backup, I think. I think it makes more sense for... I mean, they launched the new 3DS with Monster Hunter and Majora's Mask. A port and a very gamery game. So, like, it, it's not unheard of for Nintendo to do something like this. They launched the the 2DS XL with Tamodachi Life. like Or, no, with, uh, not Tamodachi Life, with me, the RPG me game. Me, me. <laughs> with me? Me, 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 whatever it's called. Like, they don't necessarily do the most logical. And, hey, Pikmin. So, like, they don't always go in with the number one property. They try and okay, cater I... it to the audience that the systems cater to at that point. So, potentially. Right. The whole thing is all speculation. So, who knows? But since since we're already talking games, um, let's go from pure speculation to actual like what we want to see. Because like the last part of any sort of prediction, of course, is the games we're going to be playing in twenty twenty or any sort of wishes or dreams. 
um, or what we want to play should Nintendo's god, the Nintendo EAD gods, like smile down upon us this year. Um, this one is admittedly the trickiest to figure out. Uh, Nintendo always plays their cards very close to the chest. I mean, we do know a few games are guaranteed in 2020. Tokyo Mirage Sessions launches on the 17th of this month, which is like very soon, literally two weeks. Uh, then we've got Animal Crossing New Horizons, which Nintendo started promoting more heavily back on New Year's Day with that Tom Nook timeshare presentation video thing. Um, and that comes out in March on the 20th. And we know that Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is out at some point this year, as is No More Heroes 3, which Nintendo's not exactly publishing, but doing some sort of money is going towards it. I don't know. Um, but the rest is kind of a black box, which is how every year really is with Nintendo. Like, I went back and looked at what we knew going into 2019, and we didn't know really how much going into 2019. There were seven games that were big games that only popped up within the year. I mean, Link's Awakening, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Mario Maker 2, Tetris 99, Astral Chain, Ring Fit, Labo VR, Cadence of Hyrule. These are all things that they surprised with throughout the year. So until Nintendo does you know, a sort of direct, and usually, traditionally, they've done one as early as mid-January. So next episode, we could have answers. But up until that point, we're kind of just shooting in the dark. Um, but what we what we do know, at least what I think we know, like, while we don't know exactly what Nintendo's going to announce, and, you know, regardless of whether Breath of the Wild 2 even makes the cut this year, which is up for debate, um, I think Breath of the Wild 2's sheer existence does kind of tip Nintendo's hand about how they're going to approach sequels on Switch. Uh... For games with definitive endings, regardless of their evergreen status, it seems like, because they're doing it, Nintendo is open to the idea of now doing direct sequels to those games. Because Breath of the Wild, that's still, it's been in the NPD Top 20 30 times since it came out. 30 months it's been in the Top 20. Not it's stopping cool. Nintendo from doing a sequel, even though it's selling super well. So with that in mind, you gotta kinda wonder, well, what games on Switch now that aren't evergreen, that aren't Splatoon, because that's still getting open online competitions that aren't Mario Kart because that's going to sell forever that aren't even <laughs> you know maybe uh, those are the biggies I guess but like what game that has a finite end ARMS even would count as this do you think might actually get a sequel or do you want to have a sequel I mean I can name one right off the top of my head do it okay Mario Odyssey they oh. never did DLC it seems like a shoe like if Zelda can already get a sequel even with his two DLC packs Mario Odyssey's absolutely deserving of one Definitely did expect that one to get a DLC of some kind. Right, and it's weird they didn't. And, like, I... Like, and, you know, if Nintendo just wants to, like, go ahead and recreate the 2013 holidays... I don't know if you guys remember, that's the year that they released 3D World and A Link Between Worlds on the same day. Like, if they want to do that or even stagger the new Breath of the Wild and the new Odyssey, like, a month apart... Sure. Why not? That'd be cool. But, like, I... I just kind of want to sequel Mario Odyssey. Like, my dream scenario here is, like, now I do get Odyssey 2... But Nintendo just goes wild with it. I'm talking like the level of creativity and wackiness that they when they went from like Mario Galaxy One to Mario Galaxy Two, and they basically like kept saying in interviews, and you could see it in the game where they're just like, "Whatever you think of is fair game. Go do it." Like I kind of want them to do that with Odyssey. Like let it get wacky, let it get weird. And I realize that's a weird thing to ask because Odyssey itself was very weird. I mean, you had humans, you had New Donk City, you had realistic dinosaurs, you had things that don't really feel like Mario but were in there. So, like, how do you top that? And my thinking is, my DLC dream fully realized, which is... They don't have um, to top it, they just slowly add to it, I guess? Kind of. They don't exactly top it, they just pivot and do kingdoms that are all old Mario locales from other games and flush them out into new kingdoms. So, 
give us Al Delfino from Sunshine. Give us the uh, Sarah Solin from Mario Land, or however you pronounce that, the Desert World. Or, like, branch out into the spinoffs. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if they did, like, uh, the Bean Bean Kingdom of Mario and Luigi? Or you go into a paper world from Paper Mario, and Mario himself is the only 3D thing in that world. Or, like, Yoshi's Island, and it's that art style, since they obviously played with different art styles in Aussie as it was. Or, like, here's a real random one. A Pinball Land from Mario Pinball Land. And have all the, like, the same way that they did, like, soda stuff. Right, you're pushing it now. And but, my, but, fine, but, I'll walk but I, that one back. No, but, but I totally get that. your point. Yeah, yeah like, just... they could do an Odyssey through Mario's history, and that would be kind of a weird way to oh, riff on. Yeah, or, like, if they want to, you know, we were talking before about, like, Nintendo's is the year of Nintendo's, like, IP ambitions, in my opinion. So what if, have one of the kingdoms be Dreamland, or have it be a mountainous snowy world, and, oh, look, the Ice Climbers appear briefly, or have it be, like, Inkopolis as the new New Donk equivalent, or, like... I feel like they don't like to cross the streams that much, though. I thought that, too, until they put Link in Mario Maker. And then I was like, well, if you can insert other Nintendo franchises into well, Mario, I think that was theoretically... Speci- that was specifically more like as a testing ground for for yeah. like a full-fledged Zelda Maker. Probably, probably. But I'm just... Yeah, so maybe they stick it to just Mario's legacy. Yeah. But, but like, I feel like... I feel like that'd be cool, and that's something that it's pretty... If they need to pump out a game fast, it's pretty easy because they have the they have the engine of Odyssey, they have the original designs of the early games, and it's kind of marry them, and they can get that out you know this holiday theoretically, and it would be super cool for like fan service, be fan service of the game essentially. So I mean that's just one thing I thought. I don't know if there's any games you guys would want to see. I'm willing to bet we get Bayonetta three finally this year. Yeah, I think you're right. Platinum did tease a big news this year, and I suspect that includes a Bayonetta release date because so. I know they have that. Uh, I don't know if Yako Taro has announced what he's working on, but uh, they did. A, Platinum did announce a new game at the Game Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? They had um. Yeah. My my maybe I don't remember what it was, but they they do have apparently a lot of plans. They do want to get Wonderful 101 on a modern system in some way. They are pitching it to different development studios or different publishers. I should say Babylon's Fall. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, and, and the publishers were all like, eh, "It didn't sell well on Wii U," but I could see like it was on Wii U though. I exactly. So I could see like a Switch version of Wonderful One One showing up, or like and that, and that's actually kind of thing is like, I don't think it just has to be games that are sequels. Can they just to look Switch at the games originals. that have been ported to the Switch and from see the Wii U? Well like right. Donkey Kong, and I, I bet you actually Donkey Kong's a good one. I bet you Donkey Kong sold like. I don't know. I think it was last I looked, like over 2 million copies on Switch, which is more than it sold on Wii U, and that was like within the first six months of its release or the year of its release. Like, I bet you Nintendo's looking at Donkey Kong. They're looking at like Kirby's Star Allies and its sales of like 2.5 million or whatever. I think that's as of March last year, this year, 2019. Um, but I think, I think Nintendo's probably looking at all those and being like, those are some easy sequels we can do. Maybe not all for 2020, but like, Actually, Kirby, it's his time. It is his time in 2020 because he had, two years ago, a mainline entry in the series. In 2019, he had a free-to-play spinoff based on a mini game that then turned into a full game, which was Super Kirby Clash, and that's gone on to sell 4 million copies. Um, actually, the game did well enough that Nintendo uh, invested money and time in a full three-minute song about the game with lyrics. It's supposedly a motivational song. We'll link to it on the blog post. It's pretty special. It has powerful lyrics such as, uh, Underneath the big green tree, that's where we'll gather, you and me, where the fruits are hanging on the tree. It's go. So it's not even proper English, but there's three minutes of that. But it's definitely sexual. 
It, <laughs> it certainly could be. Um, but yeah, like Nintendo's at the point now in the Kirby cycle, which is like the Sonic cycle, but not as depressing, where they should be up to the experimental Kirby. Game. And this is it. Maybe. Maybe they just do a game about weird Kirby songs. But no, I'm thinking like something along the lines of, and obviously not, but some sort of like in the vein of Canvas Curse or Mass Attack or Tilt and Tumble where they just do put Kirby in some new scenario. This would be the year that if they follow their routine that we would get that theoretically. And you were mentioning Donkey Kong. A new Tropical Freeze sequel would be cool. I think it's only more time, but that would be, I mean, I could, I would never say no to it. Right. You, you, well, good news, you do have more time. If they have Retro do it, besides the fact that they're making Metroid Prime 4, it just came out the other day that the lead designer of Tropical Freeze, who left Retro two years ago and actually worked on Super Lucky's Tale. I had no idea they had some of the DK people at Super Lucky's Tale. Um, anyway, he came back to Retro as a principal game designer just recently. So if they are doing Donkey Kong, it's not going to be a 2020. You're right. Uh, but it's it would presumably be from the same visionary mind as Tropical Freeze, at least on some level. Bring back the Kremlings. That's all we need. Everything else is pretty dumb, Pat. And that, like, that just seems like an easy seller. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opposite of tropical. Um, desert? Desert? Yeah, nah. Well, like desert, desert sweat? Volcanic. Volcanic. I don't know. Ashen. ashen. Well, tropical <laughs> implies that it's very rich in nutrients and you could grow a bunch of different types of, like, vegetation. So, so like you're arid? So you're saying a post-apocalyptic Donkey Kong country where everything is just like like after so a fallout? Burn? I don't know. I'd play the hell out of that game. That actually <laughs> sounds kind of amazing. If it's like if it's like uh, like a Fallout type of world, but it's Donkey Kong, just don't that focus would on vehicle cool. customization. Many have gone down that road. You mean don't do uh, nuts and bolts? Yeah, yeah. People um, love that game. People do really they? love. Yeah, nuts and bolts. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's a lot a of people. Game. I feel like a lot. Oh, it's a cold game. Because I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people aren't into the fact that it was not Banjo Kazooie in the real sense do you guys think we're gonna see a banjo kazooie this year no no you think microsoft not gonna capitalize they're, they're not, no they're not touching yeah, i don't think they care i think that was it they're working on cfds and they just announced something else during uh, i don't E3. mean for rare i just mean in general in general because the rare guys aren't the guys the cfds rare guys are not the banjo kazooie rare guys the banjo kazooie rare guys are the ukulele guys platonic yeah but platonic obviously is is not going to make a banjo kazooie unless game. microsoft hands them the keys which they aren't after ukulele so Impossible Lair, which is the spinoff, is actually supposedly pretty good. And there's a rumor which was quickly denounced, so I'm not saying they're doing it, that Microsoft was coordinating with them to do a Banjo-Kazooie, and then Platonic had to issue a statement on Twitter like, listen guys, we'd love to, but that is not at all happening. But hmm. yeah, so, but my point is like Rare doesn't have to make it because Rare is not what Rare was. Like just putting Rare on it is kind of meaningless. It's almost like what's happening with Retro where like, the Metro Prime team of Retro isn't the Metro, the Retro that's making <laughs> the Metro, Metro. Is it the Retro that's making Metro Prime Four? It isn't Metro Exodus either. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Like it, I I guess I could see them just kind of leaving it as is. You had an interesting idea, Angel, that you mentioned off the show at some point about bringing back NES Remix. That could be an easy win for Nintendo. Those are fun games. They really should be brought back. And just like as an app that just constantly gets updated with new remixes and new challenges. So basically Tetris 99, where yeah, they start yeah, small, just, just Tetris 99. build it out. That would be great. They do need something in 2020. And then do like a SNES remix. And yeah. if they really want to go crazy, N64 remix. But I don't think that would That's happen. not going to happen. Yeah. But no, it... Uh, actually, yeah, they do They do need to fill the whole... GBA remi- remix? Oh, yeah. GBA remix. Okay, cool. 
But yeah, they do need to fill the hole of Tetris 99 because they had this game that basically was the closest they've had to a games of service that lasted most of 2019, and they kind of need to do something. I mean, I don't need to, but if they wanted to fill that void, NES Remix feels like the shoe-in. That'd be mm. kind of cool. Any other franchises you guys are dying to see? I want, I want like, a full reveal of Shin Megami Tensei 5 already. It's supposed to be... Is it supposed to be out this year, or are they supposed to be announcing it this year? I mean, they it, announced it. It's been it, but, announced, yeah. But... So it should be out this year. Oh, man, I don't know about that. Hmm. No way, they haven't showed anything of that game. They showed, like, a title that was just plain text. So not even, like, a logo, just a title. Literally a like title. Like, during the Switch reveal, they, yeah. they showed that little trailer. Yeah. But, oh, man. It's going to be forever until we It'd find out. It'd be nice to get, like, a proper entry in the Ace Attorney series on the Switch. That seems like it's a matter of time. It is a matter of time, but... Yeah. I mean, we did get pretty much everything ported to the Switch, except Apollo Justice and 5 and 6. But, you know, just want it now. I kind of want weird Nintendo back. Not that they left, but everything we talk about is, like, standard games. Like, I... As much as I'd love my Mario Odyssey idea or whatever, part of me... I kind of always like weird Nintendo. Like, I'm talking, like, the Labo Nintendo, the Ring Fit Nintendo, the Brain Age Nintendo. Like, the... The Nintendo that doesn't... You just had that three months make... ago or two months ago with the Ring Yeah, fit. but I kind of want them to do something else in 2020. Stop getting greedy. I'm very greedy. I'm very greedy. But no, like, they're... Like, theoretically... Give their weirdness. Theoretically, that's true. They do need to recharge. And theoretically, we do know Brain Age should be coming. I mean, for folks in Japan and Europe, it's already out. But here in the States, somehow, it's not even announced, which is very strange. Like, it's been out... It came out this week everywhere else in the world but the U.S., the new Brain Age. And, um... It's weird because, like, over in Europe, like, Nintendo's doing actually pretty smart marketing. They're combining the marketing for Ring Fit and Brain Age being, like, exercise your mind and your body with the with the Switch, with these two games. And it seems like such a missed opportunity here for them to do the exact same thing for New Year's resolutions, and yet silence. And, like, I'm sure we're eventually going to get Brain Age, but there's a part of me that's a smidge, like, very, very small part of me, a smidge worried that, like, for one reason or another, NOA just isn't into the weirdness right now. Like, Labo VR didn't do that hot. Ring Fit massive potential for success they know it's a slow burn they've been doing the mall tour and stuff but like in japan it was right out of the gate doing super well and here they're kind of mm, it's not catching on so i do wonder if like i I do wonder if they're partially just like well let's cool it for a bit and, and kind of regroup and do the next step and that's why i don't bring i hope that's not the case like i don't want the only weird thing for switch to be the fact that like other companies are using labo like grid autosport of all games is using the labo wheel in an update coming this year which is super random. Like, two years after the kit, like, the kit blew up. Variety Kit did great when it first came out, and has been basically dead for two years. And then Namco is just like, hey, what if, like, you could steer with cardboard in our in our simulator? So, I mean, may, maybe. They're also, they're also adding multiple Who publishes the grid? Uh, Namco Bandai. Or, sorry, Bandai Namco. And, um, I mean, it is smart for them to do that, in, in a way, because, like, a lot of people have the wheel. There's a million of them um, out there. And it only worked with Mario Kart and, like, kind of arcade stuff. So for them to be like, hey, if you still have that wheel, bust it out. Here's, like, a different type of racing experience. Sure, why not? Might as well. And they're adding local multiplayer, so it kind of, like, fits you with that. You did pick yourself up one of them but steering wheels? I had the variety kit. No, Are not the, about no. the Hori one? Yeah, the Hori one. Are you going to get the Hori one? The Mario Kart wheel? I don't think so. I've heard it's actually pretty decent. I mean, it looks cool. Have you I, seen it I want it. Yeah, I have. I want it, but I, mean, I don't know. Just if I'll use get the, it. the 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 ring fit ring. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. It could be like a bus. You're driving a bus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you remember? 
Wasn't there a bus you scene can't in the buttons though, because it's like so far in though. I have a new. Like... Oh, I'm thinking of eighteen wheeler. Okay, I have a new game idea. Okay. Oh boy. I want this in twenty twenty. Here we go. Ring fit ring is your steering wheel, and you're controlling a bus, and it is a slow motion crazy taxi. Essentially, you're just driving a bus, and it's crazy taxi, but it's a whole bus of people, and you go bus stop to bus stop, and it will sell approximately one copy to me only because I came up with it, and I won't get any credit, and I'll. Buy and you're it. only gonna play ten minutes of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably more like 20 just because it was my idea. No, well, you probably won't even open it. I've opened every game. I've turned on every game. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, I sir? think this is the year that you're going to start slipping. <laughs> nope. Some games are going to nope. fall through the cracks. Definitely this not. Year. Definitely not. You're going to start getting busy. Definitely here. not. Definitely not. Life is going to catch up to nope. you. Nope. Yep. Nope. Nope. Definitely the... not. I do want... Um, it's sad truth. It's a sad truth. I do want to clarify that. Like, I don't... That's eventually going to catch up to all of us. And then we die. And then we die. And that... Yeah. Is this episode? No, <laughs> but uh, I do want to say, like, before I get like give the idea, I'm like, oh, Nintendo's not weird anymore. I'm sure they're still gonna be weird. I just want them to get weirder faster. Like, I just saw, I think it was on Go Nintendo, Tamodachi Life. You know, the me like neighborhood game essentially. Somehow it was number one on the eShop this week on the 3DS. I want that to get a remake or sequel on Switch. I want all that weirdness in HD. I want all that weirdness, but weirder. Like, I want that sort of weird Nintendo. So we'll see if it happens. I don't know. But I think, um, I think I just, I don't know, like, is there, I guess I kind of already asked you guys if there's a franchise you want, but I just want an excuse to say I want F-Zero, so I'm just going to say it, I want F-Zero. Well, I completely forgot about F-Zero. I know, it's, it's so, if, it, yeah, if there's one game, fine, if there's like a Hail Mary prediction, you can I, I used to really want F-Zero, now I'm just like, I, I think it's just been so long that I'm just over wanting it, I just... Just keep really? giving me the Smash Bros. characters. I don't really care what other games come out. And we're we good. Like, it's... I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of games that'd be cool. Like, I kind of want Pikmin 4. I kind of want WarioWare. But, like, I don't know. With F-Zero, I'll just throw, like... GX is very good. GP Legend just on Game Boy. Just over GX. Be done with it. Or even, I'm like... happy with that. Even, like, just recreate GP Legend inside the I'm pretty GX sure engine, if they make I'm a new with. F-Zero, it's going to be nowhere near as fully fledged out. I don't as think that's out true as I don't think that's true. Really? I think in I think the it's, Wii it's, it's anything, era... I think, it's, if anything, I think it's going to be worse. It's going to be so piecemeal. Nope. And so separated out. So I think that would have been true for the Nintendo of the Wii era and the Wii U era because they would have casualized it. I think you're... I think... Mark like, Kart doesn't even have... Mark Kart... 8 Deluxe doesn't even have half the content GX has. How, they, Mario Kart never has much content as GX. That's not at all a fair comparison. <laughs> I think... Um, well, I think so, because in the beginning, F-Zero games were extremely tiny. Like Not the, from the N64 up. They had a track editor on the N64. They actually took it back out for GX. Then they had a story mode in its place. And then the story mode lived on in um, GP Legend. And... It was that weird. Remember, there was the anime for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So they made a game based on the anime, and the story mode was that story. But then the anime bombed, and the game didn't sell, and then that was the end of that. And they've never made an F Zero since. Oh, so it's the anime. But like, it's the anime's fault. Well, GX underperformed too, to be fair. Even though it was amazing, Amusement Vision did a great job. But like, I think we are past the point where Nintendo would would like half-ass it. I think if Nintendo's gonna do it, they're gonna go all in on it. Look at basically how they've treated. Look at how they've treated most of their. Well, that even wasn't. That was just not your market. That was for kids. And it was still pretty fully fledged. It was like eight worlds, right? And it still was like a full game. Like, make it sound like they're going to like, <laughs> only do like what they did on Super Nintendo. Where it's like, here's six tracks and three cars. Like, no, they're going to do No, man. People were climbing for a new Star Fox game, and then Zero came out. Again, that was Wii Wear and Nintendo. They don't have any weird gimmick to sell at this point. I know I was saying I want weird Nintendo. I do, Arms. just not near F-Zero. 
Arms is okay. Arms, yeah. But by the end, it was fully fledged, and then they just stopped it. By the end, it was what it should have been in the beginning, yeah. where it should have then started growing into, you know, more characters and stuff like that. So at at so to your arms point, F Zero will be at most comparable to GX. No, I'm just saying it's that's just where the switch the switch set a really low bar. Did it? I feel like Aussie is pretty fleshed out. Breath of the Wild is pretty fleshed out. Splatoon's pretty pretty fleshed out. Donkey Kong, well, Donkey Kong was, but Splatoon was on Maker, the back of mostly. what it already was. That's true. Fine, fine, we'll do Odyssey, Zelda, Kart was on the back of something, but even that was a full thing. But it had, they haven't really it had done a game like of Zero, though, because they're all, all pretty different. Zelda's like the first of its kind they've done. I guess. I think Odyssey's also pretty different. This is going to sound absurd coming from me because I've been making assumptions and speculating no, no, for I, an I, hour I, and a half, but I, I, I feel I, like you're, you're making an assumption that they're just going to not bother because they don't really want to bother. Oh, no. My but, expectations are just really low for what they could what they would do for an F-Zero now. I mean, anything that's more than the Nintendo Land minigame, which was okay in its own right, like, I'll take. Make it budget if you want. Make it digital only if you want. Whatever. Just something. Give it to the fast racing guys and have them do it. I don't know. Just F-Zero. With the mechanics of F Zero, not the mechanics of fast racing, not the mechanics of uh, of uh, Red Out, not the mechanics of any of the other ones. Did that game never even come out. Yeah, it did. About oh. about six or eight months ago. Wow. And no one Jeez. noticed because it took them two years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a delay. Yeah. Right. So so we'll see. We'll see if if any of this comes true. If any of these predictions happen. If if twenty twenty is anything like we think or like I think or like you want. You or want don't weird? Want. Give us a new WarioWare. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Not a game in Wario, a Wario. Yeah, a WarioWare. Yes. Although yes. throw in some of those mini games from Game of Wario. Oh yeah, yeah, like do them as side modes. Took them, took them this long to give us a WarioWare. It's very Maybe. strange because the Joy Cons are perfectly made for it, but I think once you switch, was there? I think at some point WarioWare became Game of Wario became one two switch, and they kind of left WarioWare behind, and then they sort of brought it back with WarioWare Gold on 3DS, which was a compilation. But that didn't do very well because it was a compilation and it was on a system that was dead. So I hope it doesn't scare Nintendo. It might. Mm. I don't know. We never. We haven't seen F Zero in. I don't they know. Like, like to scare themselves. Ten so. years. So, yeah, yeah. Like I honestly, I would be not surprised if we somehow end up with a Pilot Wings before we end up with a WarioWare. Not not against Pilot Wings, just like for some reason they're gonna do something like that, or they're gonna do like out left field. Like, look, it's Star Tropics, but like as a new RPG with an anime theme. It's like, what? You already have Xenoblade. Why do you need this? But Xenoblade's popular, so they're going to try and replicate it. I don't know. I I sound very bitter at the end of this, but I just, I just want my WarioWare and my F-Zero, and, and that's all. So happy happy New Year to me. But anyway, um, there's no – what was I going to say? There's, not, there's no proper way to end this without doing the other tradition of our New Year's episodes, which is you playing the Jackbox games, Angel. So uh, we've somehow fallen into this at least once before. So you have been playing Jackbox. Party Pack 6, right? At least somewhat. Yeah, How is it? We got to... How's it compare? We got to test it out a little the other day. Um, Didn't really know what to expect. I did not follow this one whatsoever. Um, But we got to play three out of the five games. And of the two that we didn't play, one of them is just another murder mystery party. Which, I mean, if you like trivia, I'm did sure they, it's really good. Did they change the mini games within it, or is it basically the same? No, it's, it's new mini games. Okay. That's, that's pretty much better or worse mini games. I don't know because we didn't bother trying it. Oh, that's right, you said that. Sorry. Yeah, because we figured like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we were sure it's going to be good regardless, just because it had really tough trivia questions. The first one did, unless they actually toned it down because maybe they were too tough. I don't know. 
But they have the one that we liked or really liked. Well, there were two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Dictionarium and Push the Button. The other one that we played, Role Models, that one we kind of butchered initially just because of the way we play Jackbox. What is World typically, Models? What you do? Typically, when you're playing Jackbox games, most people tend to not put their actual name. In fact, they'll sometimes put other people's names. And the whole point of role models is to categorize the people you're playing with. So it gets really hard to do if you don't know who's. Yeah, so it gets really confusing (laughs) when you have a prompt that says, "Pick someone that would always arrive late to a party." And then you're like, "Wait, who's Dante? Who's Dante's owner? Who is like you know like everyone is just like kind of picking the same name but just like different riffs on it." So we kind of butchered that one, but we saw the potential. Essentially, you're just categorizing people and obviously the better you know your group the more fun it will be because it has you know it's getting everyone set into these roles that's the whole idea of the game but the other two are really really great so push the button is it's another one of those everyone gets a secret role and everyone has to you know kind of talk it out and figure out who is the aliens because depending on the group of your party one to two people will be an alien and you have to figure out who the aliens are, and then you have to press the button to evacuate, well, to put them in the airlock and shoot them out into space. Or if you don't get to find the aliens within the 10-minute time limit, then you lose, and the aliens ended up booting you out. And during that time, every player will get a chance to be a captain, and you get to go into these interrogation rooms, and they're basically just different minigames. You either get asked a question and you get to answer from like likely to like most likely to least likely like they'll say something like um how likely are you to put i don't know like a strawberry on your cake i mean strawberry on your ice cream and then they'll you just get to pick from least likely to most likely but the alien will get a different prompt so they'll have to justify their potentially weird answer and they throw some wrinkles in it where the alien gets a few hacks where they can actually give someone that isn't an alien one of those prompts to kind of mess with everybody. Or they could give their teammate alien a normal human prompt to throw him off even more. And I know, it was so fun. So it's, it's two people at a time going and everyone else just witnessing, essentially? Well, no, I mean, everyone's just discussing... No, I mean, like, the actual interrogation, right? It's, like, one person and another person. No, it could be up to four people at once. Oh. Or five, because sometimes the captain might not even participate. The captain pretty much, just like when we play Secret Hitler or Avalon, like, they get to pick, like, all right, what room do you want to go to? Mm. All right, pick the four people you want to send in there. You don't even have to necessarily be one of them. It's literally a digital version of those board games. Yeah, so it's just a way to just, like, test out people. And then you you could cross-reference them against other people. The only thing is that this game, since it's on a very consistent 10-minute timer, you need to make sure you have a very solid connection. Some people, for whatever reason, got a lot of slowdown when connected to Wi-Fi, and they got better when they were not on Wi-Fi. So that's just something to keep in mind, because sometimes the questions just come in and out super fast, and Mm -hmm. you might not Mm -hmm. even get a chance to answer them. And then after every round, everyone gets to rank whether, like, oh, I suspect he's an alien, so I'm going to cast my alien vote on him or something like that that is funny that they've made a mode in jackbox which we've been playing for years right right around the time we've gotten super into the secret hitler avalon board games i mean it's basically that i mean they've done something similar um the closest one is where i forgot what the game is called but every round 
um, you play either like everyone, one person gets like a secret prompt and they have to, oh, I think it's spot the faker, guess the faker. Oh, right. So that's like, yeah. that one's yeah, similar it's enough. similar, but it's different enough. Yeah, but this sounds more wonderful. Yeah, but that one just goes by fast. And this one I like a little more because sometimes depending on the scenario, that's either way too easy to be the faker or it's way too hard. Right. Like, you'll get like, all right, show a reaction with your face based on the prompt on your screen. And sometimes they might get a prompt that is just way too different from the everyone else's prompt, and it's really hard to justify with a lie. So it's just like, yeah, I'm the faker. All right, whatever. Let's just go on to the next one. And this one feels a lot more balanced. But what I feel the best one is that I feel the most people will enjoy is Dictionarium, and that one is really short. That one, you can go through the whole game in five minutes. Oh. But essentially, it starts with giving you. I missed this part. It's because I was never the captain. Mm-hmm. But essentially, I'm guessing you get to pick whether you want to tackle a dictionary definition or a slang term. And so if you pick a dictionary definition, it's just going to give you a made-up word. And then you have to come up with a definition for it. So everyone gets like 30 seconds to come uh, up with a made-up yeah. definition okay. for this made-up word. And then after that, everyone has to come up with a synonym for that made-up definition. So now you have two words that mean basically the same thing right and then everyone has to come up with a sentence using that word and depending on your group i mean obviously mileage may vary but that's the one that gave us the most consistent amount of laughs especially the one where you have to make up slang because it'll give you a word and you're like all right make up a slang definition for it Mm -hmm. oh no they'll give you the slang they'll give you the definition you have to come up with slang with a slang term for it then you know the synonym and then a sentence and it's such a simple premise, but I think it works really, really well. And it's one of those games that's really fun and quick to do over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know Versus, say, the rapping robot one. Yeah, the last I, game that takes like 25 minutes. Yeah, I would say ones. those two, Push the Button and Dictionarium, are the ones you would play Jackbox Party Pack 6 for. The other ones, I mean, Murder Trivia, I mean, that one, we didn't really play just because we figured we might as well try the new one. Right. And, they can't really go wrong with trivia. You can right. never really go wrong with trivia. I think that's probably, like, out of all of them, Trivia Murder Party has always been my favorite one. Yeah, so that one... And yeah, he didn't experience it this time. Well, well yeah, because you figured we might as well try the new yeah, one. You can't yeah, go I, wrong know, I know, I know, I know. It's like... Yeah, uh, so you have at least, like, three out of five really good ones. The role model one, it's kind of hard to judge just because we play... We now know that you have to put your actual names to get the most... Right, the best right. effect from it. So would you say, like... There we... is one more that we didn't get to try. That one, I think it's called, like, the, the Laugh Boat. It's just about creating one-liners and you're like on the So that's cruise. the rapping robot equivalent. Yeah, it's like you're yeah. on a cruise and you're like on a cruise as comedians and you're all the comedians that you're just trying to, you know, do the best. Out joke each other and it's vote on it by everyone, I assume. Yeah, they're all, yeah. Because if you don't know by now, most of these are usually voting based mm-hmm. and usually it's the funniest result that wins. So what's the bang average for Jackbox in your mind? Like past entries? Like are we talking three out of five have to be good to make it worthwhile? Because I feel like there's always... When we play it, there's three, like two to three we always really like and some we ignore. Yeah, so is this about, in, oops, I almost dropped my water. This one's is this one about the, an average? It's one of the better ones. I think it's definitely better than five, but probably not as good as four. So is it worth 30? Ooh, probably not worth 30, but when I got it, it was on sale. It might still be on sale. Oh, it's for how much? Ten, it's ten bucks cheaper. It's just oh, 20, twenty. Just twenty not bucks. Bad. Apparently, it goes up to thirty. It's twenty ninety nine. So for twenty ninety nine, it's very much worth it. Make sure you get it. Let me double check. It well. might not be on sale because I looked up the price today, so I could ask you that very question. And it's at thirty, unless I misread, which is very possible. But I, I do want. It's to on commend... sale on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, we're talking about Switch here. Just well, e-shop. if you have a PlayStation, then there you go. <laughs> um, I do want to say though, yeah, like it's one thirty bucks everywhere else. 
interesting. So maybe Sony's uh, subsidizing it a bit. But the one thing that with Jackbox, like if you guys have never played Jackbox, anyone listening, which is still possible, even though there's six of them, it is super cool how they do the phone thing. Like the fact that you don't need controllers, the fact that you just go to a website, you log in with a certain code that's on the screen. It's like a five-digit code. And then everyone, seeing the number of players the Switch can handle, we're talking up to like 10 in some games, can all jump in is really cool. That's probably one of its biggest strengths that it just supports that many people. And it always like crosses over that barrier of entry where people are like, oh, I don't really play games. Oh, I'm not good at this game. Like, well, you're good at talking. And you know words and you know how to text. So just do that in a browser. Oh, and they make merch based on your results. Like you have a shirt with my face on it that you drew. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great shirt. What? It's a great shirt. Yeah. Would you like to, I, we could, we could, okay. I was like, we could bleep (laughs) it. (laughs) It's not, it's, I mean, it's a bad shirt, but it's a great shirt. I didn't tell you. No, it's a great shirt. That is a great shirt. Well, it's literally mm-hmm. only bad to you. Because it's about me. Exactly. Exactly. Which makes it great. Yes. No. No, 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 no. I take <laughs> that back. <laughs> um, it's just multiple of Jason's favorite catchphrases. Yeah. 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 Which I don't say on the podcast, if you ever noticed. I never say fun fact on here. No, you don't. I say interesting way too much. Like, this episode I made a conscious choice not to, but if you go listen to last episode, you can get... Oh, if you I make noticed. it a drinking game... You're having at least 30 shots in about 45 minutes because I just say, interesting, interesting, interesting. This is interesting. This is interesting. I said it like twice this episode. I'm making a conscious – my New Year's resolution for 2020 is to make a conscious choice to not say interesting so much. Mm-hmm. And to meet that Waluigi costume that Super Mario Bros. tweeted out this weekend. Oh. Speaking of which, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can find me on Twitter at JSR7. You can find Angel on Twitter at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. You can find Kevin on Twitter at KVN Gomez. And you can also find Random Nintendo on Twitter at Random Nintendo, which you should do very quickly. If you're listening to this on the day it goes up, which is January 5th, um, you have approximately 24 hours to go win a $35 eShop gift card by going to our Twitter and retweeting the tweet with the gift card giveaway on it. Giveaway uh, so soon? What? We've been running it for like since before the new year. Uh, oh, I thought this was different. No, one. no, no. Uh, so we we're gonna end it on the night of the sixth, which is tomorrow night for when this goes up. So uh, yeah, go enter. And if you missed it, this is why you gotta follow us on Twitter. You never know when we're gonna give away stuff. So do that, and you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube. Our channel is RandomTown.com. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because it's gonna be a lot of news with Nintendo this year. A lot of games to play. We don't know half of them, two thirds of them, three quarters of them. But it's going to be a good year for Nintendo, and we could conceivably know some of them as soon as next episode, because my gut feeling is we're getting a direct very soon. So we'll see you next episode, whether or not there's a direct. I've never been a fan of your gut. What? I've never been a fan of your gut. Uh, Well, my gut has treated me well through life and has kept me mostly healthy, so I'm a pretty big fan of it. But uh, we'll see if it's right about this. In the meantime, though, Kevin, would you like to give the final word for the first, or the first final word of 2020? Yeah, don't talk to strangers.